Hi, this is Brian Lane, lead pastor of FAM Church. I have the honor to introduce today's message to you. Controlling your tongue, it's a lost art form in our modern world. But if we are followers of Christ, it is something that we are called to do. And so join us today as we look at what it takes to control our tongue. So why am I going to wear gloves today? You're going to find out in a couple of minutes. i just see if I can scroll with, this on, with these things on my hand. But... Uh, Uh, To introduce today's topic to you, the first thing that I want to say is this, is that I plan my messages about six months in advance. Terry was in my office this morning, he was looking at my big whiteboard on the wall, and uh, so I plan stuff in advance. And so this message was planned probably about six or so months ago. And so if you're sitting there thinking today, oh, he's talking about me. No, I'm not talking about you. It was on my board six months ago, and so chill out. I'm not passive-aggressive and do sorts of things like that. But uh, we're gonna, here's what we're going to talk about. What we're going to talk about today is controlling our tongues. Oh, because in our society, this is fast becoming a lost art form, isn't it? You know, people feel like they can say what they want to say, when they want to say it, and how they want to say it, that God has ordained them and given us the right to do that. And I can understand that attitude coming from somebody who's not a follower of Jesus, okay? But for those of us who follow Christ in the room, there should be a different attitude in our hearts when it comes to our tongue. Because God has given some very clear guidelines as to how we are supposed to use our tongue as followers of Jesus. And so, to start off this morning, let's talk about taming something. How many of the, in this room have ever tried to tame something that was kind of wild and crazy? Do we have any wild and crazy tamers in the room? All right, I got a couple of hands, a few hands up. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was, uh, men, you tried to tame that woman. She seemed like a good woman. She was kind of wild and crazy, and you thought you were going to tame her, but you found out wrong. Or ladies, maybe it was the same thing. Maybe it was a guy that you thought you could tame, and, and so, so you, you, you decided you were going to go for it, and it didn't work out. Maybe it was a horse that you tried to tame. How many of you have seen the movie, uh, what is that called? Uh, i got to look at my notes. Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. Anybody seen that movie in here today? So that was a staple in our house when our kids were growing up. It was like their favorite movie. And uh, in that movie, there's this horse named Spirit. And he's a, he's a wild stallion. He's the king of the Mustangs. And um, everybody wants to tame Spirit. You've got the United States Army that captures Spirit and brings them to their, their, their compound. And they try and tame him. And he's not able to be tamed by the U.S. Army. And then as he escapes from the U.S. Army, there's this small Native American boy who, who tries to tame this horse horse spirit, but even the Native American cannot tame this horse spirit. This spirit, uh, this horse spirit is so reckless and so untamable that he is able to beat the U.S. Army, not get changed or uh, 
uh, tamed by this Native American kid, and he's also able to stop the railroad from going through his territory. This was a wild and crazy horse, and it all happened because he could not be tamed. Well, one thing that I remember in my life that I had a hard time taming was something in Boston, and when we were in Boston, we were working at this church, and in this church, they had uh, a certain kind of flooring, and you've probably seen it in your school cafeteria and, and, and other places, but it's those 12 by 12 tiles that they put down on the floor, right? And so we had these in our main sanctuary on the floor, and uh, so every so often, with those tiles, you have to do something to them. You have to buff and wax them so that they look good, so that they look sharp, so that they look clean. And so, so one day, they say to me, hey, how would you like to buff and wax the floors in the sanctuary? And so I've seen this machine. I'd seen people use it. And so I said to myself, this has got to be easy, right? This has got to be something that is so simple using this machine. And so I said, yeah, sure. I got this. I got this. And so me and another guy, we're, we're, we decide we're going to do this sanctuary. And so we get all the chairs off of the floor and we get some of them off to the side and others are stacked in the room and we get out the buffer. And if you haven't seen a buffer, it's this, this round thing with a motor on top and then a hand that comes up that you hold, and it's got a couple of wheels so that you can move it so you can tilt it back and slide it. And so basically, it's you put this pad on the buffer wheel down there, you squeeze the trigger, and you do this sort of thing, and you buff the floor. And I'm like, oh, dude, this is so easy. And so, so we get everything cleared off, like I said, and we get the, the little squirt bottle, because you got this squirt bottle of stuff that you spray on the floor as you do it, and so we're like, we got this. And so we squirt the floor, we squeeze the trigger, and as soon as you squeeze the trigger, this buffer just goes, whoom, and slams into the wall, boom, put a dent in the wall. Pretty awesome, huh? Okay, so, so we hit the wall, and we're like, okay, that was a bad plan. Let's try this again. And so we move this back out into the room, and so we squeeze again, and this time it flies into a stack of chairs and takes a stack of chairs out, like literally knocks it down. And so my friend and I that are doing this, we're thinking to ourselves, you know what the problem is? The problem is that this buffer is too light. One of us needs to do something to weigh this thing down to tame the buffer. And so here's the plan that we come up with, okay? I am going to stand on the buffer, and he is going to squeeze the trigger to get this thing to go. So we get our plan in play. We get the buffer out into the middle of the floor. I stand on the buffer. He squeezes the trigger, and all of a sudden you just hear, bam, pop, and the thing quits working all together. We kind of tamed the buffer. We broke the buffer because that's not the way it was supposed to operate. But we went from not having it under control to having it totally under control in a matter of seconds. And so where I want to look at this morning is the book of James chapter 3. And so before we get there, I want to get our memory aid out for everyone this morning. So I've got a great memory aid with me this morning. It's going to help you remember this message. You know what? You will never forget this. Because here is what I've got with me today. Hey, look at that. It's a cow tongue. You didn't know you could buy those in stores, did you? Well, you can, okay? And I'm going to try and hold this the entire time I'm speaking, and then after service, if you want to come get pictures with the tongue for Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook, it'll be available up here for you to post pictures with the cow tongue, okay? And uh, so we're going to be in the book of James this morning. It's towards the end of the New Testament. It comes right after Hebrews. If you hit Revelation, you've gone too far. Back up a couple of books, and you'll be there if you're unable to locate it. Have you ever touched a cow tongue? Yeah, it's kind of rough and funky. One time I cooked these up and made teenagers eat them, so 
Um, where, where is our youth pastor? You've got to pay attention, yeah. Yeah, pay attention for that one. All right, but here we are. We're going to be in chapter 3, verses 1 through 12 in the book of James. And this is what it says, and like I, I think I said it, the verses will be on the screen behind me if you're unable to locate it. And it says this, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses and make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. This is a pretty big tongue, isn't it? Um, um, consider what great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, setting the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. And when I read those verses this morning, and I hope you feel the same way, but when I read those words this morning, I could totally relate to what James was saying there because I do have a hard time controlling my tongue sometimes. Okay, there are days that my tongue becomes a restless source of evil. There are days that my tongue likes to set things on fire. There is still some deadly poison in there, and because of that, I say things I occasionally should not say to people. If I get irritated with someone, I can insult them and try and use my words to cut them down. If my wife and I get into a heated discussion, I can get my tongue out and start beating her with it and saying all kinds of things about her to her to try and tear her down. I've been a follower for Jesus for 27 years, and no matter how long I've been a follower of Jesus, I still have a hard time controlling my tongue on occasions. And I have a feeling that you all can relate in here, and so it maybe makes us ask the question is, then how can anyone do this? uh, Someone who's getting a picture, I had to make sure it looked good, all right? How can anyone do this? But there are some things that we can do to keep our tongue under control. And so in exploring this, the first thing that we have to understand is that the tongue, its actions and activities have power. Proverbs 18.21 says this, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Basically, that text is saying, whatever you do with your tongue, good or evil, that's the kind of fruit you're going to eat. And you may be thinking, though, how? How does my tongue have the power of life and death? Because if I were to take this thing and throw it on the floor, nobody would run screaming from it saying it's going to kill me. You'd maybe run screaming from it, but you wouldn't think it was going to kill you, right? 
Well, I've got a couple of examples, and um, one of them comes from uh, Holly Hill, Florida, from a few, few years ago. It's about a man who killed another man because of what the man said to him. Now, I'm sure we can all think of all kinds of different things that we can say to one another that would cause us to want to kill each other, right? Well, listen to this, okay? So these guys, they were roommates, they were living in an apartment, and it was time for dinner. And they decided they were going to have pork chops for dinner. And so they started cooking the pork chops. Well, one friend did not like the way the other friend was cooking the pork chops, and they got into a fight. Not only did they get into a fight, but it led to a fist fight and led to a guy taking out his gun and shooting the other individual. All over an argument over how to cook pork chops. I know, it's scary. I mean, that's crazy to think about it. And if one of those people in that situation could have gotten a hold of their tongue and kept control of their tongue, guess what would have happened? Both what, that guy that got killed would still be alive to this day. And so that's one way that our tongue can bring death. But there is another way that not being able to control our tongue kills someone. And this is the far more likely scenario for most of us in this room and how we will bring death to someone with our tongues. And I want to tell you the story of Annalisha. She says that from the time she was in fifth grade, people have used their tongues against her, always letting her know that she was ugly. She said that when she entered high school, she thought that things were going to get better, that things were going to get different because people are much more mature in high school. (laughs) Well, her hopes were dashed her first day of school when she walked in, and as she was walking through the hallway, she heard a discussion amongst some other students, and one kid said to the group of students, if I was as ugly as she was, I would just kill myself. She continued through high school, having this be her constant torment. She graduated high school, and she came to the conclusion in her life that she was so ugly and unattractive that no man would want to have anything to do with her. And her proof of that was, well, she'd never had a boyfriend. She'd never have had anyone even interested in being her boyfriend. And so these words must be true. And she came to a place in her life, in her early 20s, where she said to herself, you know what? I am ugly. Everybody tells me that I am ugly. I am not worth living. And therefore, it's probably better if I just end my life. You see, the words that we say can not only cause someone to kill us, but our words that we speak into people's lives can cause someone to die on the inside. And some of you may be thinking, man, that's stupid. It's on them if they cannot handle something being said to them. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. People say stuff about me all the time. It doesn't affect me. And I would say this. A lot of us in this room The way that we are now, the person that we are at this moment has been impacted by the words that people have spoken into our lives. There's quite a few of us in here that have really screwed up lives because of the words that were spoken to or about us. We were called stupid. We were called worthless. We were called nobodies, nothings, retards, waste of life, a parasite. Whatever words people can be said, we were called those words. And those words have cut deep 
into our life and have killed us on the inside, making us the person that we are. These words that we speak to people have the kind of power to mold them, to shape them, and they can kill them. See, that's why there is such a connection between our walk and our life with Jesus and the words that we speak, the things that we do with our mouth, because sometimes we can get killed because of the power of the words that we speak, and we can kill other people on the inside because of the power of the words that we speak into their lives. And so Jesus says, look, we have to control our tongues. And here's the more disturbing part for us. What we have to come to grips with is that when we speak words that don't bring life, what it ultimately does is reveal the condition of our heart. And looking into our hearts like this might sting a little bit. See, our text asks us if both salt and fresh water can come from the same spring. The answer, of course, is no. Our text asks us if the same mouth that praises Jesus should be about cursing people out, pulling people down, and destroying them. Again, the answer is no. You see, when we do stuff like that, it reveals a heart condition. Luke 6.45 says, A good man brings the good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Some of us in this room have spent thousands of dollars at a doctor working on conditions of our heart, coronary disease and, and, uh, and other sorts of uh, heart diseases and, and, uh, and, and we'll spend time to get those tested and we'll spend so much effort in, to get that taken care of but there is something that is just as dangerous to our hearts and to our lives and it's the things that we store up in our hearts. And God has given us this test for us to look at our hearts and make sure that we are storing up the right things in our heart. The test is the words that we speak. Are the words that we speaking words that bring life into people and their situations and their circumstances? And when we speak words that do not bring life, when we do not control our tongue, we are really revealing what's in our heart. Some of you are probably thinking, whoa, whoa, hold on. Man, I'm a good person. I can't help it that I'm surrounded by idiots. Exactly. It goes right again to the words that we're speaking to ourselves about who everyone else is and what that's communicating is that in our heart we've got some darkness there that is communicating from to our brain from our mouth saying everybody else is a bunch of morons and I've just got to live and deal with it you're speaking death into your own life and own situation about the people that are around you the people that you work with the people in your life and that's not what Jesus is about and some of you are saying, well, I wasn't speaking the words. This is about our tongue. Jesus is talking about communication here. How do we communicate? Whether it's with our mouth, with our mind, with our social media, however we communicate, it doesn't matter. Whatever we're doing in communication, those words have power. And if our words are negative, are destructive, are pulling people down, are tearing down people's lives, that is what's in our hearts. 
And I know some people will say, well, hold on. What about the people who use their tongues to slap me around? You know, they, they talk to me. They talk smack. They say all kinds of things. They tear me down with their words. I mean, don't I have the authority to do the same? And that's the way many people feel is, okay, well, if they did it to me, then it's okay for me to do it to them. If we are followers of Jesus, we do not have the right to cut anyone down, no matter what has happened. It doesn't matter what the person did to you. It doesn't matter what the person has said to you. We have no right to forget that God has said to control our tongue. If you really want to make someone mad, if they're mad at you, do the exact opposite. Proverbs 25, 21, and 22 says this, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. This works. I'm getting more tongue pictures. I just Let me know when I need to pose, okay? But listen. <laughs> Controlling your tongue will tick people off more than going at it with them. I mean, I, I remember a specific instance in my life where this happened. I was working at Perkins. I was a cook at Perkins, and uh, one of the waiters, he was having a bad day. I'm not sure what his deal was, but he was just getting angrier and angrier. And so he decided that he was going to try and get me mad too. And so he starts talking and talking and talking and talking. He kept saying stuff to me and saying stuff to me. And I decided, you know what? I'm having a good day. I'm not going to let him ruin my day. And I started speaking the opposite. I started speaking life into his situation. I started speaking hope into what he was saying. And the dude got so mad in like two minutes. I mean, he was like, he was ready to kill someone after a couple of minutes of being spoken to nicely that he literally had to leave the, the, the restaurant or go into the break room and sit down for a while to cool himself off. Because the reason that people will do that to us is they want us to be in the same negative spot that they are in. They want us to get angry. They want us to get mad. They want us to get upset. They want us to come to their level. And if we refuse to come to their level, it heaps burning coals on their heads and it keeps us at peace in our hearts and in our minds because we did what Jesus was calling us to do. Not giving in to them and controlling their, your tongue will make them angrier than you ever could have with the words that you speak. But see, then the big question becomes, how? You know, how do we control our tongue? Because this one's fairly easy to control because it's not connected to anything. It's kind of dead. You know, it just kind of hangs there. <laughs> but see, the tongues in our mouths, they're all attached to something, right? So how do we do this? The first and biggest thing that all of us need to do before we speak is one thing, one word, and it's the word think. Too many times what we do is we get upset and we let our emotions take control of who we are. 
And we respond to people and situations based on the emotions that they elicit in us. And this is especially true in our speech. If someone says something that we think is an insult, we get mad and we let the words flow. We let our tongues spring into action because the emotions are in control of who we are. If someone does something to hurt us, we do the same thing and we let our emotions rule us and allow them to take our tongue where they want us to. And that's how people respond. Much of the time they go to their emotions to respond to someone when they do something at or against them. I mean, this is why such random things happen. Like we've all heard the story of the parents who beat their newborn to death because the baby was crying and they got mad at the constant crying. Or uh, this one, this is a crazy response here. There was this guy in Fort Myers. Listen to this. He shot himself twice in the arm because his girlfriend told him she was tired and didn't want to have sex. I mean, picture this. How emotional do you get is, what? I'll fix you. Bam, bam. Who thinks that? I mean, really, who gets to that place and that level in life where they shoot themselves in the arm? But that's because they totally went with their emotions in their life and they responded out of their emotions. We need to stop and we need to think and we need to not let the feelings that are rising up inside of us take control of our tongue and allow them to speak words through our mouth. Stop and think before you speak. Then the second thing that we can do to help control our tongues, as Reuben said, is we can pray and ask God to help us. And it's just like, I always feel terrible giving this as a response because I feel like it's a cop-out. I've said that before, but if God has asked us to do something, like control our tongues, and we go to God and we say, God, I need your help in controlling my tongue, and we ask him for help, that's a prayer that he is going to answer. Now, there's some things that we need to know about this, and I'm going to get to this in a minute, and, but the first thing is, is that doesn't mean he's going to do it all by himself. See, the picture that we get in our heads is this, okay, God, I'm going to pray for me to, for, for my tongue, for you to control my tongue. And so what happens is we get into a conversation with somebody and we're starting to get mad and our tongue starts to speak and it starts to say things it's not supposed to. And we said, well, God, guess what? We prayed and that's what came out. So that must have been what you wanted me to say. I, I, I get it. I take it you guys have had some, some interaction with that sort of thing. God works with us in the things that we're trying to do. Okay, we have to make a decision in our minds that we are going to speak and control our tongues. God's not going to just do it for us. It's just like, you know, conversations with people about various things, quitting various things, or starting various things. I hear people, you know, I, I can't quit smoking. I prayed and I just can't quit smoking. Well, you got to start off by getting rid of all of the cigarettes, okay? That's how the, the thing starts. You want exercise. I just have such a hard time. Get, I prayed and asked God to help me to exercise, but he just won't get me out of bed in the morning to do it. God's not going to do that, okay? you got to get your own butt out of bed and get there and exercise. The same is true with our tongues. All right. <laughs> if we want to control our tongues, we should not walk around speaking words of death 
And when somebody says something about it, well, I pray for God, he's not stopping me, I'm going to keep rolling. All right, then to go along with that, another thing that God does when, he asks, when we ask for things like that is that in order to help us control our tongues, he will constantly put us in situations where we have to control our tongue. God is not where you go to him and say, so, so let's say, take your favorite sports team, whatever it is. If it's a uh, football team, it's a baseball team, if it's a basketball team, whatever. I mean, tonight's game two of the uh, NBA Finals. Uh, is anybody paying attention to the NBA Finals in here? Not to a uh, few people. All right, a couple of people. All right, so, so here's the deal. Do you think Golden State or Cleveland, they didn't practice all year and they just showed up for the final and play? No, that never happens Part of the reason that Cleveland and Golden State are in the finals is because how they practiced on a daily and weekly basis since last fall. And God knows that practice is what helps us. And so God, if we go to God and we say, God, I need help controlling my tongue, and you pray that prayer, God is going to constantly put you in situations where you get to practice controlling your tongue. Just like the people, I always, whenever anyone comes to me and says, will you pray with me to have more patience? I'm like, no, you don't want that prayer. Because how that's working is God's putting you in a place where your patience are going to be tested on a constant basis. And the tongue works the same way. It's how we learn. It's how we develop those skills so that we don't put ourselves in situations with our tongue over and over again. And so when we ask for God's help, Remember that. And then finally, in our closing this morning, I just want you to think about, if we were to put this into practice and really start controlling our tongues, what a different place this world would be. But more specifically, the power that the church would have in this world. If we were men and women committed to speaking life, if we were men and women committed to speaking hope, to speaking healing, to using our tongues for the power of life as much as we possibly could, the church would be a place that people would say, I have got to get there because that's where I find hope, that's where I find healing, that's where I find, that's where I find all of the things in life that I'm looking for. But see, unfortunately, the church isn't always like that. We're a place where people use their tongues to berate and smack and slap people down. But if we become this person, if we become the men and women who would say, you know what, I'm going to have complete and total control of my tongue and I'm only going to speak life and healing, this place is going to be a place where people are going to flock to because they know that by our words, we're going to be speaking hope and healing and life into them. And so let's be that church. Let's be those people that speak life, that control our tongues, that don't use our tongues to tear people down, to denigrate people, to speak things into their lives that we wouldn't want spoken into our own life. That's what Jesus wants from us. That's who God wants us to be. 
And so in closing, I want to take a minute for everyone. We're just going to have the music playing, eyes closed. And I just want you to reflect on your tongue, how you've used your tongue, and if maybe God needs to do something different in your life in regards to your tongue. So let's take that moment. Thank you for joining us on the FAM Church Podcast. FAM Church is here to connect people to Christ. If you live in or are visiting the Lakeland, Florida area, we would love for you to join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. You can also check us out online at myfamchurch.com. Thank you again and have an amazing day.